Let's look in Philippians chapter 2. Begin to read with me in verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as light in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, as we come to you, we thank you again for the wonderful Lord's Day that you've given us and what a joy it is to be in church. I pray that the singing has uh, uplifted your name and brought glory to you. Uh, But Lord, it's preaching time now and we certainly need to touch from heaven. I pray that you would come by and anoint us afresh and help the one today that is lost that they might get saved. I pray they come to a place of repentance and trust you. I ask this morning if there's somebody that needs help, I pray that help would be found in you today, that you would strengthen them or give them direction, whatever the need may be. I pray, Lord, that you would hinder Satan from this meeting. I pray that uh, everybody's minds and hearts can be focused for just a little while and that upon the Word of God. And I pray that you would open hearts and make them tender today. Lord, I pray that you would do a work in these people's hearts that I cannot do and that, Lord, every one of us will leave here different and better than what we come in here this morning. We sure do love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for saving us. I pray you'd say that sinner's nearest tale for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Not too long ago, we preached out of the first part Uh, and that of the book of Philippians and uh, preached about uh, being uh, the Lord's humanity, uh, how that He was a man and how that He came. And we preached also about uh, His deity. Uh, But here in verses uh, 13 through verse 16, uh, the Apostle Paul gives us some instruction uh, and that how to live for the Lord... uh, And I truly believe, now listen to me, how to make a difference uh, uh, in this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be honest with you, church, I've dwelled on that and thought off and on about that here lately, about am I making a difference uh, for Christ? Uh, He didn't save me just to leave me here uh, and enjoy this life. And I'm glad that I can enjoy uh, this life. Uh, I'm glad that life does not have to be dull and humdrum, uh, uh, does not always have to be grave, although there are times to be grave uh, uh, and to be serious. I'm glad for the child of God uh, uh, that there is joy and happiness uh, uh, in this journey as we're serving God. Uh, Notice here in verse uh, 13, he says, For it is uh, God which worketh in you both to will... uh, Uh, and to do of His uh, good pleasure. Notice it is Him that works in us, uh, uh, and we should desire to not only do His will, uh, uh, but to do it. Uh, We should do uh, uh, the Lord's will. He wants us to, uh, and by the way, it says, and to do uh, uh, His good pleasure. God wants to work something uh, uh, and do something in our life uh, 
uh, that nobody else can do. Uh, and He wants us to do for Him uh, as He so desires uh, uh, out of our life. And then I found this very interesting as I studied this. I, I, I could see verses 13 and verses 15 uh, uh, going together, but right in the middle between verses 13 and 15, uh, uh, He says, Do all things uh, uh, without murmurings uh, and disputings. So as we serve Christ, he says, do all things. So as we say, that's what he's talking about, uh, is our service, especially as you go on and look in verse 15, and we will here in a minute, uh, he says, do all things uh, uh, without murmurings and disputing. You ever been around somebody that cannot do anything uh, uh, without murmuring and complaining? Whether it is on the job, they've always got to murmur and complain. They don't like the way things are running. They don't like their boss. They don't like the people they work with. They don't like the parts they're running. They don't like the machine they have. And they're always murmuring and complaining. Now, I tell you, there's folk in Baptist churches today, and maybe in this church, that murmur and complain in their service to Christ. I mean, nothing can never be... I mean, if you hung with a new rope, that wouldn't be good enough, as the old saying is. Amen. And they murmur and complain about everything. And they're carrying the load, and when nobody else is, they're doing all the work, and nobody else is. Friend, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people doing work for the cause of Christ today. And we may be doing a lot of work. We may be having to uh, lay up under the load. But he says do all things uh, uh, without murmuring and complaining. Uh, uh, notice right here, disputing. Uh, uh, he said the, murmur, the word murmur uh, uh, simply means a low muttered complaint uh, or to grumble or complain. How many of us are guilty of that if we're not careful? To dispute means to uh, be in an argument or to strive uh, uh, in opposition. Always complaining and always uh, wanting to fight. He said as we serve Christ, uh, we're to do all things without this, without murmuring uh, uh, and disputing. But then he said in verse 15, he said that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Can, let me stop right here. Can, can I say something? Your life would be a whole lot better and you'd be a whole lot happier if you didn't murmur and dispute. Did you know that? Most people that murmur and dispute all the time. I know there's a time that we've got to fix what's wrong. I, I know there's a time to look at the situation and say, hey, we need to fix this. I, I get that. I understand that. But your life would be a whole lot better if you didn't murmur and dispute all the time. Go back to verse 15. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth <coughs> the word of life. We're to be blameless and harmless. I'm going to deal with that later on. Well, I'll be honest with you, as the sons of God, He tells us to be blameless and harmless and without rebuke while we're in a crooked and a perverse nation. And listen, if we're going to win anybody to Christ, that's how we must live. We cannot give them a reason 
uh, or any time to look at us uh, and be able to point their finger at us and be able to blame us uh, uh, and to rebuke us, you know, to find a fault in us. Uh, what was it that Nathan told David over there uh, uh, when, when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, uh, when he had killed Uriah and that by the sword of the enemy? Uh, uh, you remember you remember what Nathan told him? Uh, uh, he said, look, you're not going to die, David. Uh, uh, but he said, how be it because uh, uh, by this deed that has given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Because of David could be blamed. David could be rebuked. And that's exactly what Nathan done. And he said, David, you've gave the enemy a reason to blaspheme God. You've gave them reason to look at you and to say, hey, he's supposed to be a man after God's own heart. He's supposed to be somebody that's serving God. And look what he's done. And gave them reason reason to blaspheme. He tells us to be what? Uh, to be blameless and harmless and without rebuke. By the way, we'll probably shout this one out, by the way. thought I'd tell you all that. Amen. That's why he told us in Ephesians 5, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the days, redeeming the time because the days are I want to look at a couple of things here, three things, two or three things that he tells us uh, right here about making a difference for the cause of Christ. Or making a difference for Christ Jesus the Lord. Is that not your desire today? When I leave this world, and I and listen, as I get older and older, I, I think I try not to be morbid. I, I try, but, but listen, I realize that my time's running out. I, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, my time's running out. If I get another 30 years, I, I, I'll be pushing 80 years old at that point. I, I, and I know that folk can live beyond that. Uh, but, but I'm just telling you today, there is a time that Ecclesiastes 12 is right. I, uh, listen, that uh, your shoulders break down, your grinders are gone, you can't see out your windows anymore. Uh, those things that used to be easy to take care of uh, are now hard. Those things that used to didn't bother you, uh, they bother you now. I realize that. And that's why he said, remember thy Creator uh, in the days of thy youth before the evil days come. And he's not talking about wicked times. Uh, uh, he's talking about when bad times uh, uh, come in your life and you cannot do what you once could do. <coughs> I can't do what I once could do. I remember when I was in my 20s and in my early 30s, uh, I felt like that, that I could probably pick a car up and turn it over. I don't know if I could, but I would have tried. Now I know better than to try. Amen. Because you're going to have to go to the hospital. But notice here, he said, in making a difference for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say number one, first of all, that we will not make a difference for Him until there's been a difference made in us. Uh, listen, and, and, until you get saved uh, uh, and you get that thing nailed down, what was it? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, there's a lot of religious people uh, uh, sitting on the church pew today, uh, but they've never had a difference made in their life. Uh, can I tell you, you'll never be concerned uh, uh, about trying to make a difference for Christ until something happens to you uh, uh, on the inside. Take your Bible and go to Mark chapter 5. Look with me in Mark chapter 5 today. This is a story of legion. Uh, when he meets the Lord over there in the Gadarenes. And uh, I always wondered if 
uh, you know, if, if you look in Mark 4, uh, uh, the Lord comes the storm and you get to Mark 5 uh, uh, about Legion and it makes you wonder if he really didn't see the Lord Jesus Christ stand on the bow of that boat and say, Peace be still, and the sea lays down. Uh, uh, and it makes you wonder, uh, uh, did he see something that Jesus had done? Uh, uh, and he raised him. But nonetheless, uh, a legion who is possessed of the devil, uh, a legion who's just full of the devil, uh, uh, goes over to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, and the Lord casts those devils out of him uh, uh, over into a, a herd of swine. And by the way, they uh, run down a hill and was drowned uh, in the sea. Pick up with me in verse 15. And the Bible said in Mark 5 and 15, And they come to Jesus uh, and see him that was possessed with the devil uh, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind uh, and they were afraid. Now most of you know what I'm going to say right here. Uh, they were not afraid of him uh, uh, until he got Jesus. Uh, those, somebody had to be binding him with chains. Uh, uh, somebody, you remember the whole story, they'd bind him with chains and he would break them. Uh, uh, they weren't afraid of him uh, when he was full of the devil. Uh, when he got full of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, that's when they got afraid of him. Uh, listen right here, it says, Then they were afraid. And they, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray and depart uh, out of their coast. They didn't want Jesus there. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He wanted to go and be with Jesus. Lord, wherever you're at, that's where I want to be at. That's a good desire, ain't it? is to be with the Lord. Lord, wherever you're at, don't you want to be where the Spirit of the Lord is? Amen. Wherever He's at, I want to be close to Him. I want to feel Him. I want to see Him. I want Him to touch me. Now here's what Jesus said, How be it Jesus suffered Him not, but saith unto Him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And He departed and began to publish in the capitalists how great things Jesus had done for Him. And all men did marvel. You notice right here that something happened to Legion. There was a difference in his life. And boy, when there was a difference in his life, he began to make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm telling you, if you're saved today, you ought to have a desire how to go tell others about what Jesus done for you. As the old saying is, we ought to just be one beggar I, I, and that tell another beggar where to go find bread at. I, I, listen, I think about I, I, over there when Samaria in the Old Testament I, when Elisha was the prophet I, I, and Samaria was in such great I, 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 when they were starving to death, famine had struck I, I, and the enemy was sitting outside I, I, and them four lepers was sitting out I, I, and that at the gate and they said, look, I, I, we're going to sit here and die and if we go in the city we're going to die uh, we just might as well go and fall out and that to the enemy and if they kill us they kill us uh, uh, but nonetheless they were going to go to the enemy uh, and what God had done was the enemy to hear a great sound uh, and that of an army coming and when them lepers got over there uh, uh, they walked into the camp uh, and everything was the way it was except the enemy had fled 
All the chicken was still sitting on the table. I, I, praise God. Amen. All the fried chicken was there. All their gold and silver and jewels was sitting there. And them boys was picking it all up and shoving it in their pockets. And I mean, they had their pockets full and their mouth full. And they'd eat till they couldn't eat no more. And they were going to hide everything. And when they come back, they looked at one another and said, We do not wail. For this is a day of great tidings. Why? Because they had something to tell and something to help somebody else. Church, I'm going to tell you, if you're saved today, you've got the grand old story to go tell. There's been a difference made in your life. You ought to want to tell it. A difference of salvation I know not every one of us is outgoing as everybody else, but we've got something to tell because there's been a difference made in our life because of salvation. If you do not separate out of this world, you're not going to care about telling somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I I am big on separation. I believe the Bible is big on separation. I understand we live in this world. I understand that. I'm not telling you that there's some things that you can't enjoy out here. But I'm telling you, he said in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passes away and lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God, abideth forever. Hey, He wants us to stay out of this world. A lot of worldly Christians. There are a lot of worldly believers today. And they go to church and they go home and they come to church and they go home and that is the extent of their Christianity. Never pick up a Bible through the week. Never witness to anybody. I never pray hardly. Only when hard times come I, I, do they pray. I, I, and, and they never are concerned about serving Christ. Hey, I'm going to tell you, until there is a difference in your separation, I, and there's a difference between you and this world, you'll never I, do anything for the cause of Christ. The Bible said in Matthew 6, No man can serve two masters. He'll either love one what was. He'll either hate one and love the other. Else he'll hold to the one and, and, and despise the other. You cannot serve God. Man, you can't do it both. A lot of people want to do it both. A lot of people want to try both. Try to live in the world and serve Christ at the same time. It just won't work. You'll never do it. That's like not having your salvation settled. You'll never tell anybody about Christ Jesus the Lord. Because you're just unsure about things yourself. And maybe you know you're lost. Maybe you know you need to come and get saved. Hey, today's a great day to come and trust Jesus Christ, the one who died at Calvary and gave himself for your sin and my sin alike so that we could get saved. All you have to do is come and put your faith in him and ask him to save you. You say, well, people think I'm saved. Hey, listen, don't worry about that. Come on and get saved if you've not been saved. If you have been saved, get it settled. Let's move on. But there'll never be a difference till there's a... You'll never make a difference till there's a difference in you. But notice he gives us direction for our life in service to him. As he talks about that God wants to work his good pleasure in us and his will and to do all things without murmuring and disputings. But then he says for us to be blameless and harmless uh, without rebuke and that we're to do what? That we're to shine as lights. Can I tell you that our direction as Christians, if you're going to do anything for the cause of Christ, and if I'm going to do anything, is to shine 
as a light. Why? We're living in a time. What did he say? He said, shine his lights in the world. Where? In a crooked and a perverse nation. A dark place. You know, a light's only good in a dark place, ain't it? Ain't that right? I mean, light is only good when you can't see. Hey, there's folk out here today that can't see. Uh, uh, they're living in darkness. What was it Paul said in Ephesians 5? Uh, For ye were sometimes darkness, uh, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Hey, there was a time when you lived in darkness, uh, and light got turned on to you. You got to see light. Uh, uh, to see that you were lost and needed to get saved uh, by the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, and that's what we're to do in this crooked and perverse nation that we're living in is to shine as a light. What was it that he said in the book of Matthew? He said, let your light so shine before men that what? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We let our light shine not so that folk can point at us and not so that that we would get the glory and the credit uh, but that they would see Him. You know, that's the thing about letting our light shine. You know, in a dark place, when we let our light shine, folk can see. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What was it in, uh, in, in the book of John? What was it that he said about, uh, about the, the light in, in John? Uh, is it in uh, John chapter 3? Uh, he, he said, and this is the condemnation that light is coming into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds might be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. That's why folk don't want us around. That's why they think we're the problem. Is because if you let your light shine, if you hold forth the word of life, the word of truth, if you hold it forth, it's going to bother some people. It It should. When you're not doing right, don't the Word of God bother you when light gets put on that thing? Man, don't you just love how the Word of God works? I mean, you you could be doing something totally different than what the preacher's preaching on. Uh, You might be slacked up on your daily Bible reading. He might not even talk about that. He might not be praying the way he should. Or maybe you're off into something you don't belong in. uh, uh, And you can come in on Sunday morning or Sunday night and the preacher won't even preach on that thing. Uh, But God can take the Word of God uh, and the Holy Ghost and deal with your heart. That's how I got saved. I do not remember what the preacher preached on that night, but I do know when that invitation was given, God was bothering me. God was bothering me about my lost condition. Uh, like I say, I don't remember. Now, I'm sure God was doing something that night. I mean, it's been a long time ago. Uh, but I do remember when it's time to go get saved. I, uh, listen, I, I, and I remember moving and uh, He saved. But, uh, I mean, there was some light got turned on in my heart that I was lost. Raised in church all my life, and I still struggled to get saved. But I did know that if I asked him, he'd save me. I knew that much about things. But the direction for our life is in this crooked and perverse nation, and sometimes it seems like that that they're overtaking us, and that our light uh, is so little. But listen, how are we going to let our light shine? Notice what he said: that we're to be blameless and harmless, and without rebuke. I mean, we should simply live. Like a Christian should live. Read your Bible and you'll learn how. You know, blameless means without fault or guiltless. We shouldn't be like David where the world can say, Aha, see, I knew, I knew there was something 
Not right right there. I do it all the time. I've told you, when I leave out of here, I want folk to file by that casket and say, boy, he loved God and he, he tried his best to serve God. I don't know what else I'd want somebody to say. But he said that we're to be blameless and harmless and without rebuke. We should not give the world anything uh, to say about us negatively in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I go back to what David did. And he said, you've gave the enemy's great occasion uh, of the, uh, you know, to blaspheme against the Lord. And I, I wouldn't want to do anything like that. I want to be blameless and harmless and without rebuke. I don't want the Lord to have to rebuke me or blame me for anything. I don't want to do anything that would bring dishonor to the cause of Christ. Galatians chapter 5, uh, he tells us this, that we're to do what? That we're to bear out the fruits of the Spirit. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and get such there is no law. You know, that's what folk were to see in us. I mean, I, I'm talking about doing something, letting our light shine so that the world can see Christ in us and that we can do something uh, for the cause of Christ. Uh, not, not only should we be blameless and harmless and without rebuke in how we live uh, and to live separated out of this world, but then we should bear out the fruits of the Spirit uh, uh, in our life with that love, joy, peace, uh, and long-suffering and gentleness, goodness. And I mean, that's what folk were to see in our life. Well, you're wanting to make us all sissies. No, that ain't what I'm talking about. And by the way, that don't make you a sissy, by the way. Just because you're mean. The Bible, the Bible talks about how that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. The Lord Jesus was very meek, wasn't He? There's times you take your stand. There's times that we have to do what we have to do. I'm talking about for folk what they see. We're bearing it out not only for us to see, but we're bearing that love and joy and peace and long-suffering for others to see. What do folks see in you? When they look at you and they, and they say, well, he's a Christian or she's a Christian or they profess to be a Christian, then what do they see? I'm talking about, uh, are we making a difference for the cause of Christ? It starts with a difference in our heart, but then the direction that we're traveling must be one that we're harmless and blameless and without rebuke and that we're bearing fruit as we go. Your good prayer to pray, I thought about this as I studied, and I don't pray it that much, but should, is Lord, make me more like you. The way we carry ourselves, our deportment, the Bible calls it our conversation. He says only in Philippians 1, he said, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. He's, he's not talking about how they talk. Hey, First Timothy, he said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and in conversation. Conversation in your King James Bible uh, is talking about your deportment, how you carry yourself, how you live your life. What do people see? I think we need to carry ourselves in such a way that folks see us different than the rest of the world. And you're only going to carry yourself different when there's been a difference made on the inside. That's right. 
You're only going to be concerned about that when there's a difference made on the inside. Paul said that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now most of y'all know what I've told you before about these verses. I used to struggle with these verses. What do you mean? Well, you look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. He said, Therefore, if he may be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But yet right here, when we get to the book of Ephesians, Paul would say that you put off concern the former conversation of the old man and that you put on the new man, which after God is creating righteous and true host. Yes, God makes a difference in your life when you get saved, but there's responsibility that falls on us to live different than the old man used to live. I think most people, I won't say most people, some people wait on God uh, uh, and that to change them and to change their direction and says if God wants me to live different then He'll change me. He's changed you on the inside when He saved you for you. Now it's your turn uh, uh, to change the outside. Amen. Hey, there's some things I had to stop doing when I got saved. It took a while to stop some of them. Man, did it ever take a long time. To stop some of them. There's some stuff I needed to start doing. And that's your decision to do those things. And it's my decision to do those things. But at the end of the day, we're to be looking at why we're doing them, and it's for the cause of Christ. Our motivation should be to please Him and that others could see Christ in us. You remember after Jesus had ascended back to glory in the book of Acts? And, and they saw Peter and John. And, and the Bible tells us over there that those people that looked at Peter and John, they had perceived that they had been with the Lord. They knew that. They knew they had been with the Lord. Just by looking at them, there was a difference. You know, in the way they carried themselves and what they did. You remember when Peter was standing out there around that fire? Yeah, and, and, and they were had that mock trial going on with Jesus and then they were going to send him to Pilate and crucify him uh, for our sins. But you remember, he'd already denied the Lord once uh, uh, and, <coughs> and twice. Uh, and, and, and they're saying, they were telling him as they stand around that fire, you're one of his disciples. And here's what they said, for your speech bereath you. That, that simply means betrayed. The way Peter talked, it betrayed him. They knew there was something different about Peter. And then the Bible said that he cursed and denied him. And then the cock crew and the Lord turned and looked at him. And he went out and he wept bitterly. But I wouldn't want to do that, would you? Have to go to a place where you have to go weep bitterly because you've disappointed the Lord. There's things about us that should betray us that we're not worldly but that we're after Christ. We ought to. Can can I tell you this this morning? When he talks about this in the book of Philippians, he said, holding forth the word of life, talking about the word of God, talking about the gospel and the word of God. I thought about this. He does not make every church a printing ministry, but everybody is to hand out the word of God. Not every church is going to be a printing ministry, but every one of us can give out a track. Not, not is he going to make and put every preacher on the radio. I know we're on the radio a lot, it seems. But you know what? Every one of us can go tell what Jesus done. Hey, listen, he's not going to make everybody 
a preacher. But every one of us is to take out the gospel and give it out. I do not, listen to me, I do not want to be in a place where Christ cannot use me. Take the Bible and go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I want you to read this with me this morning. (coughs) I'm talking about the directions that He has given us and what we are doing for the cause of Christ. One, it must be lived in our life. When folk look at us, they see that there's something different about us. But then we are to give out the Word of God, whether it is by track, whether it is by mind. I love a track, don't you? Man, that thing will stay there when you can't stay there. Amen. Hey, listen, I've, I've, I've got, I know folk right now, and, and, and I'm, I'm determined that, that they feel the way they feel about uh, tracks and so on forth because they don't want to hand them out. And I've talked to folk, and they complain about their church. Hand out, our preacher wants us to hand out tracks, or uh, you know they're going to go on visitation and hand out tracks, and they're leaving them everywhere. Leave them at the gas station, and they put them here, and they put them there. What's your problem? I mean, I just, that's what I want to scream. What do you have against winning somebody to Christ? That just infuriates me. I mean, I'm talking about people that are supposedly saved and they're complaining about their church going on visitation and going out trying to win somebody. The Christ makes me want to pull my hair out. But you know what should bother us even more? It's when we do not want to go on visitation or hand out a track. I'm not kidding you when I know folk like that. I'm not making that stuff up. Just infuriates me. And I'll put them in shirt pockets. If my wife drags me through belt, and she will from time to time, if y'all buy a pair of pants or a shirt, you might find a track in it. We'll just go through that. Find tracking. Find it in the back pocket of a pair of britches, you know. Somebody buy a brand new pair of Levi's or Wranglers, they're probably going to have a track in the back of it sometimes. Amen. I mean, I think that's a good place to put them. Sneak it in there. You know. He said, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. I do like to leave them at the gas station. You know why? Because I know there's people coming and going through the gas station. I'll wedge him little one-piece tracks we have. I'll wedge him in a crack somewhere where the wind won't blow it away. It also don't hurt you to hand them out, by the way, to somebody. So let me give you something to read. You don't have to stand there and witness to them. Just say, let me give you something to read. That's it. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 11. Oh, verse 13, excuse me. Matthew 25, uh, verse 13. What's therefore? For you know not neither today nor the hour therein or wherein the Son of Man cometh. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants, called his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. 
And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh. Now watch what your Bible says. And reckoneth with them. There's always a reckoning day. You, you got that, right? There's always a reckoning day. You know what that means? A judgment day. There's a time to reckon about what's been left. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Uh, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. If you won't be faithful over a little, he's not going to make you faithful over He's not going to give you a lot, by the way. <coughs> I'm talking about in the cause of Christ. People want to serve God how they want to serve God. Not if you won't be faithful in little. If you won't be faithful in a little bit, he's not going to put you in something bigger than what you already got. I wish to God some people would get a hold of that. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Now notice right here that the man that had five and gained five, uh, and he that had two and gained two, got the same reward. Got the same statement. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He said, you've been, you've been what? He said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord, of thy Lord. Same thing. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, and this is sad. Now listen to me, this is sad. As I read this other night, I, I remembered these verses once I started reading. He said, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Not good and faithful, but wicked and slothful. Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and I gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine, mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, and, and, and even that which he hath. He, he, had, he had one talent, and, and, and all he had to do was take and trade with it. And to be honest with you, all he had to do was go take it and put it in the bank. And it would have gained interest. That's what usury is. It would have gained interest. It would have been safe in the bank. But he would have still been using it and gaining on it. You know, God does not make everybody a missionary and send them halfway around the world. He just don't do that. He does for some people. He does for some families. Uh, he he'll move some people across the country. Uh, and you know, I, I was telling I, I was telling somebody the other day. I said, "Look, I said for twenty one years, the Lord has left me right here." and allowed me to, to minister in my back door. I mean, my wife was raised in Athens. I was born and raised in Sweetwater. Uh, just, just, uh, that's where I was raised at on the upper end of McNeen County. I still live in the same county that I was born and raised in. We, li we live about one mile from where my wife was raised at. I don't know what God's going to do tomorrow or next week. I don't know if I'm always going to have my druthers. But for 21 years, He's left me right here and allowed me to minister right in my backyard. So he don't move everybody. 
I think some people are scared to serve the Lord uh, real good because he's, they're afraid they're, God's going to move them somewhere. I don't know what God's going to do for you. I, I, be honest with you, I don't know what He's doing for me next week. I don't think we're going anywhere. I don't want to be that wicked and slothful servant. I want to go sow and do what I'm supposed to do. What was it, Matthew 13? The sower went forth to sow. Some went, on, some went on stony ground, thorny ground, good ground by the wayside. Just went forth to sow. What are we doing for the cause of Christ? What are we doing? Peter said, Lord, we have forsaken all and followed thee. Peter said, Lord, we've forsaken all and followed thee. I quoted it at the beginning after Brother Lewis sung that song out of Luke chapter 9. Uh, he, he, said, he said, therefore if any man will come after me, first let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. First thing we've got to do is deny ourselves and then follow Christ. There's other things we're to do for Christ. I don't have time to go into it, how we're to train others and do all those things. Uh, but listen, the Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ. He said, Everything that was before me is gone. All I want to do is win Christ. I want to serve Christ. How are you serving Christ? What are we doing for the cause of Christ? What are you doing? Are you living like a Christian should? Are you telling the grand old story that Jesus saves to your friends and to your neighbors? I I, I mean, I'm just asking questions. What are we doing? He tells us to do what? To shine His light, to shine His light in, in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation. What am I doing for the cause of Christ? I sat in my study and contemplated that. <coughs> what am I doing? I'm pastor of the church. What am I doing? What am I doing when I get out from behind this pulpit? Well, you're on the radio, yeah. But what am I doing when I go out into the public and I meet with folk and I'm with my family and I'm with my friends and I'm with my acquaintances or I'm at the Walmart and I, I, what am I doing? Because, listen, friend, I'm going to go back and say this again that I said at the beginning. He did not leave us here just to live this life. He left us here to win others to Him and to live for Him so that others might know Him. Now let me say this. Peter talks about over there that there were some husbands that was not going to be won by the Word. But they were going to be won by the conversation of their wives. You you know what that means? That means they were probably not going to listen to the preacher. And they were not going to listen to the book. But when they watched the conversation, when they watched how their wives lived. And that Christ had made a difference in them. That's what was going to win them to Christ. You know that works for people that you're on the job with. That works for folk in your home. That works for folk that you're around. That they see a difference in you. I don't want to be like this world. I want to be different than this world because of my service to Christ. Let's bow our heads this morning if we would. Man, let's get us a verse of invitation if we would.
What are you doing? What are you doing for the cause of Christ? What are you doing? Are you serving like you should? Living like you should? Telling the old story? Witnessing like you should? So preacher, I just don't have the nerve. Hey, listen, God can give you the boldness that you need to, to hand out a track. God can give you the boldness to go out and win folk, to be a soul winner. You know, the Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise. <clears throat> what are we doing, church? I just don't want to be guilty of just playing church. I, I just don't want to be guilty of that. And, and I see things so much, especially as we went through COVID and, 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 and how that things changed. I just... I just don't want to be guilty of being that slothful servant. How about you? Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help me this invitation. There may be somebody that needs to come and ask for boldness, courage. Maybe somebody that needs to come and, Lord, they just may need to get some things right with you. Their separation out of this world may not be right. They may need to come and draw close. Maybe somebody that's lost that needs to come and get saved. And I pray they'll move this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for helping us today. Oh, thank you for moving in my heart. And again, I ask that you've done something that we could not do in these dear people's hearts. Let them move today for all this in Jesus' name.